in this edition of Hoopsology. Justin Goodger and Matt Thomas give their thoughts on an exciting summer league. The hosts also break down which players impressed in Vegas. Then we discuss the latest when it comes down to Damian Lillard and James Harden and what their fates are going to be for the upcoming season. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmail.com and follow us on all social media platforms for our latest content. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are a proud member of Underdog Podcast. And now, Hoopsology's in the land. It is July 18th. Summer League has concluded. I'm Matt Thomas, joined by my co-host, as always, Justin Goodrum. Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. Justin, how you doing, man? Doing well. Just uh, hanging in there. Uh, so Summer League is over, so we get a nice break. Um, it's pretty much like full steam ahead when the season starts, and then you have the finals, the drafts, Summer League, and so now everybody gets a nice vacation. So um, just enjoying kind of the lull until we uh, – Wait to see some of some some other free agent moves that are happen in the next few months here. Yeah, for sure. It's it's kind of this weird, you know, if you're covering the NBA, <laughs> not trying to go too behind baseball here, but uh, you know, it's it's kind of like you're hitting the accelerator and hitting the brake, like back and forth. There's like droughts with news. There's like mega news and and deals, and of course the off season to deal with. So it is kind of a funny time of the year. You're right. But we had Summer League wrap-up last night. We're going to give some thoughts on that, as well as status of some of the big stars that are still awaiting their potential new team destinations and uh, some more NBA news beyond that. So as I mentioned, Summer League concluded last night. Congratulations, I guess, to the Cleveland Cavaliers for ousting the Houston Rockets here. I I was so looking forward to coming on here and and saying the Rockets had won the finals uh, of Summer League. Uh, (laughs) But we didn't get that. Uh, The Cavaliers win the Summer League tournament. You know, big who cares? I, I don't think, I think maybe it was the Kings that won last year, or maybe that was the year before last I'd have to look it up to be I'm not sure. sure. Yeah. Point being, you know, nobody is really boasting all that much about being summer league champs. Nonetheless, a fun summer league overall. Some dates coming up on the NBA calendar, just so you guys are all in the know. We go with some world basketball for a little while here for the players that are playing in the world tournament, like FIBA basketball. We have, as far as the NBA goes, October 3rd. Training camp begins October 5th. The preseason play begins October 20th. Preseason ends. And then we have NBA tip-off on October 24th. Sounds like a long ways away. But, Justin, as you know, that'll be (laughs) with us. Here before you know it. Um, Exactly. That'll be here in a flash. So, of course, the headliner for Summer League Justin, you and I went to Summer League, personally, as some of the fans know, in 2019. And the big deal there, we were all excited because we were going to second week of Summer League. And it was the year of Zion showing up at Summer League. There was like Floyd Mayweather and LeBron James in the house for that first game that Zion played. So we're like, man, this is this is going to be insane. And then Zion shuts it down. <laughs> probably smartly so and we don't get to see him play we still had a blast at summer league though same kind of thing happens with Wemby same kind of thing happened with Scoot Henderson for the Trailblazers uh same thing unfortunately 
happened to be an injury for Amen Thompson for the Rockets. Uh, those three players get shut down early, along with several others, I'm sure. Um, first game, you know, Wemby kind of puts up, I think, in in comparison to what fans had expected, sort of a stinker. You know, not a super impressive line. I think it was like nine points, eight rebounds, a few block shots. But people, you know, of course, I don't know, expect him to have like an NBA 2K line, like 70 points, 20 rebounds, etc. Comes back the second game, has a very solid performance um, and just kind of looks like he kind of starts to live up to the hype. Now. Disclaimer, before we start about any player performances, of course, you don't want to put too much stock into what you see with Summer League. But Justin, I just want to get your thoughts. Did Wemby, for what you saw, the little taste that we got, did he live up to that first pick expectation, all the hype that's been there? Do you see you know, why people are going nuts for him? Um, I think he lived up to the hype in terms of the little bit of action that we saw from him. I mean, he played two games. I think, you know, Summer League, I think it's a so it serves several purposes. One, I think for your top rookies, so the first three picks in the draft, probably first, I think, 15 picks in the draft. Um, it's mostly for those athletes to get their feet acclimated to the NBA system. So um, working with the staff to probably meet with some of the coaches, you get to travel um, to a city that has a lot of distractions. It's actually like a good test case to get them warmed up to what the regular season is going to look like. Um, in terms of their stats, I mean, you know, like I said before, these guys get a hang now. I mean, you know, anything minor, they're going to pull them out. So to take it seriously, like, oh, Victor's going to be a bust after one game, it's ridiculous to me. Um, saw a lot of good things, what he can do in terms of a game changer on the court. Um, my concern lies with him. This kind of, I have the same feelings I had with Zion in terms of kind of what's his weight going to be? How's he going to, you know, withstand? And I think with Victor, even though he hasn't dealt with injuries, he is relatively skinny and just, you know, we saw Kevin Durant mature into his body. So Giannis matured into his body. I think with Victor, we'll see if that happens with him. I think that's kind of my main thing that I'm looking at, not this year, but the next three years in terms of how he evolves, because you know, the rigors of a regular season can be pretty punishing. And if he's not adapting his body, I mean, he's going to be prone to the injury bug for sure. Yeah. And you know what? KD is still skinny. I mean, that's true. He's, he's put on weight, but yeah, yeah, compared to when he was a rookie, you know, people (laughs) um, tend to say that, you know, Wemby needs to tank up or something like that. And I, I think, you got to be cautious on that end too, of course, but you're right. I mean, no doubt he's, he's got some work to do uh, so that he doesn't get just pushed around uh, on the inside there. I mean, you saw a lot of no name guys in the games that he was playing, just kind of shoving him around in the post a little bit. Um, Some guys that won't be on an NBA roster, but they have a much better center of gravity, which you know, when you're seven foot five, it's, it's understandable. Your center of gravity is is a little off compared to players that are a little lower to the ground and have more mass than you. But I, I think you saw some of the incredible things that Wemby brings to the table and some things, you know, as the old adage goes, you can't teach size. He has that. I think, honestly, I, I agree with what others have said about, you know, why 
it's nice that he has the perimeter option. That's cool. It's going to be cool that he can, he can lift up like KD, but a taller version. If he develops, you know, let, let's say like, I don't know, 70% of KD's scoring ability. I, I KD is such an incredible score. I don't want to make uh, an expectation for him that he's going to be KD, but point being, you're not going to be able to block his three pointers very easily unless you kind of sneak up on him. He doesn't, expect it you know he, he's got the reach on you for pretty much anyone in the nba i think if if he has an outside shot cool but my overall point being he can stay around the inside and do so much damage in the league right now i mean if he's able to pop jump shots and floaters and if he develops a little hook shot you know from 12 feet out and in i mean he could be such a force and i think you are uh, reducing his risk for injuries that everyone is kind of holding their breath about anytime you have a mega prospect center at this point as everyone has talked about ad nauseum, you know, so I see huge potential there and I'm, I'm gonna be curious to see how Greg Popovich works with him and how he teaches, how he takes advice that he has given from those NBA coaches and that staff. Cause honestly, I don't think at this point they need him to be like, you can't come to the league and carry the Spurs the way that LeBron carried the Cavs. He doesn't have the basketball IQ at this point. And he even said it himself after that first game, that was a disappointing performance. I mean, he said basically that he didn't know what he was doing out there. So he can dominate from the inside. I, I think even early on though, he's going to need to build that size. So just yeah. going to be interesting to see how that develops. Um, Want to mention another standout player here um, that surprised at the summer league. So I think overall you and I both agree, um, you know, just to close the book on Wemby here, we both agree, you know, he kind of lived up to the hype in that second game. I mean, that's, that's kind of impossible to measure. There was a report I saw from Chris Mannix, uh, I believe from SI, that um, NBA scouts, there were rumbles that after Scoot's performance in Summer League, scouts were worried <laughs> that maybe the Spurs did a swing and a miss taking Wemby over Scoot Henderson. I, I think that idea mm. is insane. And I I'm wondering, you know, what scouts were um saying these things because it just seems insane to me that you don't roll the dice on Wemby. I mean, could you imagine the outrage if Wemby wasn't picked first, Justin? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of personal bandettas with the San Antonio Spurs. That's for sure. Yeah. Sounds like it. I, I mean, and not to take anything away from Scoot. He was incredible in the game he played. He, he looks like he has that, that, NBA confidence, you know, like when you and I were at summer league, RJ Barrett just like stood out, even though he was a rookie coming in, he, he was still a boy. I mean, on that summer league court, he kind of stood out as a man among boys. And I think we saw that with certain players. One of the players I wanted to bring up aside from Wemby that stood out and it's a very obvious pick, but the MVP of summer league, Cam Whitmore, who not only showed his ability as a scorer, which he was, he was hyped on coming in. He was the 20th pick picked by Houston. Um, a lot of teams had him valued fourth place or higher 
Um, but he had some some concerns with injury history, medical history that made him drop. Um, he sure shined at Summer League, obviously with the MVP award, but I thought the other thing that was um, really positive when you looked at it was his willingness to drive hard into the lane. He took some kind of awkward stumbles from time to time that I, I hate that we're conditioned this way, but kind of makes you go like, ooh, and, and get concerned anytime you hear somebody might have some type of injury history. He was able to handle that, bounce back up just fine. Thank goodness, of course. But really, I guess my point being, he he demonstrated a lot of confidence there too, and that he's, he's not kind of guarded from uh, those medical history reports and, and anything in his past medical history. So that really stood out to me. And obviously I'm I'm biased and being super positive and hopeful as a Rockets fan that uh, maybe we don't get blown out just about every game this season. <laughs> Hopefully things turn around for us. But Justin, I wanted to throw it to you as well. Any um, players that stood out to you or that you wanted to mention based on what we got to see? There we go. Sorry mentioned just ESPN's plus uh, best rookies. Um, yeah, Keontae George of the Utah Jazz, uh, which you mentioned, Matt, Cam Wetmore of the Houston Rockets, Hunter Tyson of the Denver Nuggets. I heard a lot of their rookies perform pretty well. Um, they also mentioned the most promising rookies, of course, Victor Wimbyama, Scoot Henderson, Amen Thompson. And I want to mention Chet Holmgren. That's uh, been forgotten about ever since last year with that just fiasco with LeBron. So... I didn't think he didn't play that much, but it's good to see him back on the court and all signs point to him being an impact player with Oklahoma City. So those were more my observations. I know we'll talk about just summer league as a whole, but in terms of players, I would say Chet Honren, just because of what happened last year and him just getting his feet wet, just getting acclimated back into the league. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, it it sets the stage for a very interesting rookie of the year race. You know, you've got the two giants, Chet Holmgren and Wemby, of course. You you have to figure, especially if a Dame deal gets done before the season starts, um, you know, Scoot Henderson has potential to be in the mix because they're just going to want him to get reps and develop him as well. And you'd imagine he'd fill up the stat board. Um, so you have uh, a pretty interesting rookie of the year race. And my prediction early on, is I would bet on not talking about gambling. You you could put you do whatever you want there, but um, <laughs> I, I would put some stock in Scoot Henderson winning Rookie of the Year. I almost wonder if the giant effect, so to speak, <laughs> kind of um, wears people out on both Wemby and Chet. And I I do wonder if when the season is all said and done, if Scoot Henderson will be getting more reps than both of those other guys. So I, I do think it's going to be an awesome rookie of the year race, which is a stark contrast to what we had last season where Paolo just opened. And uh, from day one, it was, it was his award and it was very obvious. We talked about it all year, right? <laughs> yeah. as a lock <laughs> for sure. Yep. So you alluded to it and let's go ahead and go into it. I just wanted to just kind of, as we do each year, take your pulse on summer league, what your thought is of it overall. I mean, it's uh, just by default because there are no stakes with it. Really. 
it's very chill, very, very mellow. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of <laughs> allegedly like backroom dealings going on between GMs, between NBA scouts, just kind of, um, you know, maybe sharing notes or whatever, maybe not. Um, but we're, we're getting a look at that developmental talent. You have guys coming in that you have no idea what their name is other than that roster that they give you when you're there and they're just getting their stipend for the day, which I didn't even understand until I looked it up um, earlier, how that works. And, um, so it's a very low cost event for the league. It develops a lot of talent. A lot of people are down on it though. Kind of say it's, it's like joke TV, basically joke basketball to watch. You know, I, I liken it. It's, it's probably in reality, a step under G league in, in terms of competitiveness, uh, you've been there obviously with me live to watch it. Where do you think summer league stands right now, just as, as a product and as an entity under the NBA umbrella? Um, I keep, I think it keeps the NBA relevant in the summer. <clears throat> I think compared to, I mean, it's really nothing that compares to it in sports. I mean, you have the NFL where you have like, even you have like training camp games, but those, I mean, those are not even games for scrimmages. You can't rip those are not even taken seriously unless there's an injury or there's a fight. So I think with Summer League serves several purposes. One, they put in this year the NBA con. Um, so they had just a lot of stars were there. They announced the in-season tournament. Um, there, there's a lot of Hall of Famers there. So I think it's a great kind of um promotion opportunity for the league to get people as, as we've talked about man that you know and for instance in albuquerque our neck of the woods um there's not an nba team and that might be the only chance to see you know nba players is at summer league let's go to vegas the tickets are relatively cheap and you might see one of your you know, lots of kids are there i think it's just a great environment um in terms of the basketball i mean it is what it is i mean it's you know you're there's different categories of player there's ones that if they're the rookies they're going to get limited time there's others that are second year players that are trying to get um this their name out there in terms of boosting what happened the first year and then there's guys trying to make the roster like this is the super bowl like this is it like this is the, the biggest opportunity of their lives is summer league and they're trying to make an nba roster so a mix of that i think you could see a hodgepodge of you know, not the best basketball because, you know, keeping it real, um, a lot of guys are serving their own interests rather than the team. I mean, that's just, just, it is what it is compared to, you know, the regular season. So um, I get it. It's not the best basketball at the same time. It helps the league in terms of, you know, the big rookies that happen. I mean, sells a bunch of tickets. It's a bunch of buzz for the league. I think you had the end season tournament, NBA con, um, I have to see like how much revenue and how much, you know, technically what the numbers are, but from the outskirts, it seemed like it was a success to me this year. Yeah. And from what I've read, I don't have the exact numbers. I wasn't able to find them from the quick searching I was doing, but it, it does turn a profit for the NBA. Yeah. It is broadcast for the NBA. So they're getting, you know, ad revenue from that. It's, it's adding value to that TV deal. You're right on when you say it's during a, basically a dead time in sports right now. I mean, unless you really, really um, are, are a baseball fan as, as any general sports fans know, I mean, this is kind of the, the dead time of the year as far as sports go. So I, I think you're right. And, you know, one thing that I will say is 
when we went in person, I was surprised at how competitive some of the games got. Now, yeah. it is by far an exception more than a rule. But when we were in the auxiliary gym and we saw the Blazers play the Oklahoma City Thunder, that was near, it, it felt to me like a really intense high school rivalry kind of basketball game because it was in a smaller gym and those players were going at it and it was a close game. So you do on occasion get those rare competitive games where you have enough guys in there that are truly, truly hustling to try to make a spot into the league and you get some some competition there. Maybe you have traveling fans like we did. There were yeah. a lot of Thunder fans in the room for that game, mm -hmm. uh, which made it kind of fun. Um, again, by far the exception, more so than the rule. But when you think of things you mentioned, like low overhead, and it is turning a profit, and it's in Vegas, which is very fan-friendly, you're not going to Vegas maybe just for summer league, but it's something where, like you said, you you buy a ticket for the day. You want to watch two or three games, no sweat, easy to do, and then go off and do whatever else you want to do in Vegas. So, yeah, I, I think summer league is kind of just maybe slightly undervalued, I think, by the general person because they just think of the competitiveness on the court and not the big picture. And yeah. you're spot on too when you said that the other sports leagues don't really have, I mean, you could maybe say like spring training and baseball would be the only other thing I would think it's that sort of compares to it, but it's, it's very different. It's if you're going to spring training to watch your team, you're pretty much just going to that destination for that um, depending on the location. And, and it, it will be in different locations for that too. Um, so to have all the teams, all the execs, all, all that stuff all in one place, I don't know. It it makes it feel bigger in the grand scheme of things that that all these NBA, the NBA community is getting together. And that includes other entities too, like media, um, you know, players as well. Uh, even some of the players who of course would have no business uh, playing in a summer league game at this point, they will be there to watch and support their teammates. Um, even some of the Rockets guys who granted the Rockets haven't done anything yet, but like Shangun I saw was there, you know, supporting the Rockets. And yeah, he should not be playing in summer league at this point. He's proven his worth, but um, just kind of cool that, that you can run into some of those uh, NBA players as well down there. Cause no, it's a, totally it's a great good. spot for them to go to. It is. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. Last topic here. Um, <laughs> just wanted to mention real quick when, when we talk about, you know, how well the NBA is doing, et cetera. One indication may be, uh, and, and maybe this is unsustainable, you know, who knows what, what will come in the next five to 10 years. But it's been reported that if Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics gets offered his Supermax extension, which I think both you and I feel is very likely to happen. Seems like everyone else feels that way too. It's going to be for $304 million. Wow. And the last year of that deal will be for $70 million. Wow. Crazy. Which just boggles the mind. And I don't know, I guess these contracts are written, you know, with the assumption that that 
that cap space is going to go up in, um, you know, the CBA, et cetera, those negotiations. Cause it seems right now, just, just unfathomable to me that you would have one player on your roster that costs you $70 million in cap space, <laughs> but that's where we are in the NBA right now. Get uh, an all NBA guy, multiple all NBA guy, like Jalen Brown, he's going to command at some point, it looks like $70 million for a season of basketball. So, Hey, congrats to Jalen Brown. Right. Um, yeah. Wanted to give a quick update and then we can get out of here on Damian Lillard. Greg Sylvander, friend of the show, uh, was reporting that the deal right now being floated for Dame Lillard, if the Heat were to directly trade for him from Portland, is three first round picks. Tyler Hero, a young player and a filler player to help with salary for Damian Lillard. Um, interesting. I, I I don't see how, where we stand right now. I mean, this, as you guys know, listening and you, Justin, of course, this has been gridlocked for weeks now, ever since the day after the NBA draft, when Dame requested this trade and basically, and also designated Miami. I mean, this is the best that we have to this point as far as what I'm seeing now. Obviously, there could be something worked out. There's reports now that there's interest from Toronto to kind of just get involved in this deal as one of the three or four teams that will likely be involved in it to make it work. Um, it, it just seems to me as it stands right now, and the reports are also saying that Portland just has virtually no interest to trade to Miami other than to appease Damian Lillard. But that's not enough right now for them to pull the trigger on that deal, obviously. Um, thoughts in in reading that? I mean, you'd imagine a young player is probably Caleb Martin and a filler player seems to be that that's reported uh, Duncan Robinson. Um, so a bunch of stuff right now seems to me that Portland doesn't need what's your thoughts on just what you've been seeing over the last couple of weeks? And I guess, do you think a deal will get done before the season starts? Is, is there enough urgency around it? It doesn't look like it. I just don't think that he'd have enough compelling assets to give to Portland. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I'm seeing with all those reports. <clears throat> that's what I told. I was a, a, a guest host on the Kings of Sport podcast a couple of weeks ago. That's why I told him it's just that he just did not have enough assets to pull off this deal. So, I think it's going to be awkward. I think um, another guest at the show, Orlando Sanchez, I'm sure he's going to be saying this is going to be an awkward. He covers the Portland Trailblazers, uh, former reporter for um, New Mexico. Um, I'm sure it's going to be awkward for him <laughs> just with training camp starting because, I mean, Damian Lillard wants out. So, I mean, his destinations is either the Heat or the Nets. And I think either have enough compelling um, assets to pull this off. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm not a trade genius, but a third team jumping in here to pull this off. Um, I'm wondering if that is a possibility. Oh yeah. Um, it, it almost seems like yeah. a certainty. Yeah. If he's going to end up in Miami. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think they don't want to, like I think we discussed, I'm sure they don't want to do Damian dirty and just, just trade him to a team he hates. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but I do think this is going to be dragged out for a while, and I don't really see an end in sight. Yeah. Hey, great offseason so far for Miami, though. Yeah, You've that's got, true. Uh, Damian Lillard designating that he wants to go only to Miami. 
And you also have, we just heard this week, Jimmy Butler is uh, dating Shakira. Yeah. So, hey, things heating up in Miami. Pun definitely intended there. <laughs> That's where we stand right now. Shout out to Greg Sylvander for uh, yeah, doing sure. on, um, you know, digging up that info. Um, Want to also just mention that things are still at a stalemate as well with another big name from this offseason, James Harden, who you probably remember opted in to hit the last year of his contract um, to be an expiring deal for next season. It also seems like that may end up locking him up as well um, until the trade deadline, potentially. You could see how uh, a team maybe that has not been competitive, that gets competitive and wants to add a distributor or something like that, another impact player, maybe there's very high value for um, James Harden at the trade deadline. The rumor is that James Harden is adamant he wants out of Philadelphia no matter what, just seems like he's fed up. But it, it does seem, I think, even more so to me, like a situation where Philadelphia might just test and see, like, how do you get along with Coach Nurse? How do things look with a slight, slightly different scenery here, slightly different culture when you bring a new coach in? Uh, of course, Daryl Morey is still there. And James Harden and he were tied in the past in, in Houston. Daryl Morey seems to love him and, and the statistics he brings on the court. But any, any thoughts here as far as things in Philadelphia right now? I, I mean, Harden, you know, we can, we can say has, has not been the greatest for the team situations. Um, and, and he's been on what now uh, three teams in, in the last four years, if he gets moved, it'll be his fourth. How do you see this playing out? Yeah, that's a good question because even though he's not with the team anymore, I felt like Doc Rivers spoke. Um, he was a spokesperson for the rest of the 76ers, how they felt, even though, you know, on the podcast out with Bill Simmons where he basically scorched James Harden in terms of what type of player he was, I got the sense that was other people feeling the same way that Doc Rivers did. So I think it's going to be, again – Ever, if Damian Lillard was awkward, I think this is, could be a potential disaster. And um, Daryl Morey said that only willing to trade James Harden if it's an elite player or something that could turn into one. And I just don't see that value being there. So, yeah, it seems like his stock is at an all time low. Agreed. After the playoffs, yeah. even though he did have two great games, he also he had, you know, a couple not great games in that last series. And then, like you said, those doc river comments, I yeah. mean, <laughs> talk about taking the wind out of his sails, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, totally true. Yeah. I don't know. It's just going to be tough just to get him out of it. I think it's going to be very, very ugly. I just think, I don't know. I think James Harden has a lot of soul searching to do. And at this point, I think he's stuck in his ways. I don't think he's going to change. Same thing as Wilson Westbrook. I think trying to get these guys to become some kind of different player, um, it's not going to happen at all, similarly to what happened with Carl Anthony. So unless there's like a fit where he could be the number one scoring option, I honestly, the way Houston performed in summer league and our younger players, I think that'd be a disaster if he goes to Houston. Um, so, you know, I think he'd be better on a team that 
you know, doesn't have any great scores, that hasn't have any prospects, he can just be the number one guy. He can just he can run everything through him. So, yeah, and Houston, as was reported, uh, has no interest in him. Coach Coach Udoka does not want to bring him in. Good. Uh, glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, for my sanity <laughs> as a Houston Rockets fan. Um, so yeah. And, and it is interesting, you know, um, you mentioned Russell Westbrook and the Clippers are one of the teams that Harden has, uh, kind of marked as a, a destination team. He'd, he'd love to go to. I, and with the disappointment that the Clippers have had, I could almost see the desperation for them to bring him in. I think it would be a mistake on their part, but you know, there is, there, there has kind of always been, since the Clippers don't have that coveted NBA title yet, there has been that sort of sense of desperation in some of the moves that they've made in the past. I, honestly, I could see that happening as his ultimate destination, but we'll wait and see what happens. It, it seems to me, if I had to predict it, I don't think they want, I, in Portland, I don't think they want Damian Lillard poisoning the well, so to speak. Um, with Scoot Henderson. I, I think ultimately they they will take the best deal that they can find. It might not be to Miami, much to Dame's dismay. I think they will take the best deal they can find before the season starts would yeah. be my guess or my prediction. Um, and then with James Harden, I would bet that Daryl Morey, we saw him play this game with Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons held out. Even if James Harden wants to hold out, I bet you Daryl Morey holds out until the trade deadline to get maximum possible value for him. Oh. And all these rumors about Joel Embiid, you know, he he has great odds to play with the Knicks. That's like the first <laughs> odds. If he doesn't play in, you know, in Philadelphia next season, he'll be a Nick. I, I don't think that happens. I just don't see yeah. After all this time and the process, uh, it's kind of like sunken cost fallacy. You know, they've spent <laughs> so much time on him over the years. I don't think they deal him to New York unless they're somehow in a multi-team trade getting incredible value for that, which I, we see how this happens. You can't trade an MVP for incredible value. It very, very rare that you see something positive happen from that. No, agreed. We got to get out of here, Justin. Been a pleasure as always. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. We would love to know your comments on all the topics that we've discussed. What do you think of Summer League overall as an entity? What did you think of Wemby? Do you would you draft Scoot over Wemby at this point? Are you <laughs> among some of those alleged NBA scouts that are questioning that decision? Um, and what do you think ultimately will happen for Damian Lillard? James Harden. Do you agree with my predicted timelines there, or do you see it unfolding a different way? We would love to know. You can also email us your answers at hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Justin, any last words before we peace out here? No, you summarized it well. Just check out our past content. Um, a lot of evergreen interviews that are in our archives, so please go check that out either on our podcast feed or on YouTube. And don't you worry, because even though the NBA is napping until October, <laughs> we will not be. We will have more content for you, more great stuff on the way. Some uh, great interviews coming up, as well as some extra fun content coming up the rest of the summer. So stay tuned. We appreciate your support, as always. For Justin Goodrum, 
I'm Matt Thomas. Thank you for tuning in to In the Lab with Hoopsology. Peace out. See you next time.